Welcome to the Lone Star Collective Podcast. I'm your host this week, Jesse Williams. Yeah, this week is episode 48. Our guest this week is Chris Gramps Grizzolia. He is known for something has to change here. And now, how is how's, how's you doing, Chris? Oh man, you know, it's Monday. <laughs> you ever anybody other than that? Other than that, we're all good. Anybody ever tell you that, that you have a case of the Mondays? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, every Monday. <laughs> I love that from Office Space. It's like, no, hell no. So how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. They tell everybody I'm surviving this heat. Yeah, I understand. I can't imagine is you you're in the line of construction work, primarily working through this it's it's a record summer of sorts. It's not uncommon. It's not like it hasn't happened, but it's not the typical every year summer. No, this, we're having to do lots of things that we don't normally do, you know, in terms of making sure the guys are safe and they're, they stay hydrated and, and all that good stuff. You know, uh, it's, it's extremely important now, which, of course, hurts production, which, uh, you know, it just creates a whole chain of events. But ultimately, we have to take care of the men, you know. Yeah, I, I totally get that. So let's getting this started for this week's episode. Let's get a bit of your your background and how you got into the cannabis advocacy space. Well, for those that haven't heard my story, uh, I mean, I've been a cannabis user my whole life since, since early teens. But uh, what got me involved in advocacy was uh, back in 2016, my uh, youngest son, who was 23 at the time, been suffering with epilepsy for most of his life. Uh, but it was, you know, what they call unpatternistic. So, he didn't have seizures like weekly or even monthly. They were sporadic in, in time frame. So uh, in reality, th- there was no real reason to medicate until he got older and he started driving. And he'd had a couple accidents because of seizures. So that scared him. And uh, he came to me when he was 18 and said, you know, Dad, uh, I, I want to see another doctor. I want to see about getting medication. And uh, he was getting some resistance from his mother, who his mother and I had been divorced since he was very young. But uh, long and the short of it, he, he came to me and we talked about it. And I said, sure, I'll help you. So we got him to another doctor. Uh, they referred him to another neurologist. They did all the, the testing with EEGs and MRIs and whatnot. Still, zero signs of epilepsy. But they started him on a low dose of Keppra. And uh, what that did was basically the exact opposite of what you would expect it to do. Instead of uh, it helping to control his seizures, it not only did it make them more severe when he had one, it made them uh, basically have a pattern now. Yeah, like a, inc- a frequency that started to show up with this. Exactly, exactly. <clears throat> Excuse me. And so, uh, you know, six, eight months went by. They decided that we'll increase the dosage and see what happens. And the exact same effect happened. So an increase in severity and increase of uh, frequency. And then this, this pattern continued. They, you know, they, they'd go a little while, they'd change the medication to another one, and then they'd up the dose, and then they'd change to another one, and then they'd up the dose. And this basically went on for about five and a half years. Um, he came to me in January of 2016 uh, when he was 23. That was when he had turned 23. And, uh, Said, you know, Pop, what have you heard about people using marijuana for for epilepsy and for seizures and whatnot? And I told him, I said, Yeah, I'll be honest with you, kid, I don't I don't have a clue. Uh, 
Yeah, you know, I said, I'll, I'll fess up in case you hadn't figured it out yet. I smoked that shit for 26 years. But, I, you know, I said, the only thing I can tell you is I know it won't hurt you. Uh, and we talked about, you know, at the time I hadn't been using for a couple of years and uh, for other various reasons that I won't get into. But uh, when we talked about it, I told him, I said, you know, you've got people in the family that still do. So we know where to get it. If you want to try it, it won't hurt you. Uh, you know, but the decision ultimately is yours. And uh, so, you know, he said at that time, I'll think about it. And we we basically had that conversation a couple of different times over the period of about three months. And he finally said, you know, Dad, I, I just don't even want to think about it anymore because I'm, I'm not willing to break the law to try it. And uh, I mean, at, at that point, as a father, uh, you know, you're faced with a dilemma. Do you for, try to force an issue that you really have no idea if it's going to help or not? Uh, or do you respect your son's wishes to be the man that he was raised to be, right? Uh, so I respected his wishes. The only regret I have is I waited another six months from the time we had the initial conversation before I did any research. Because uh, sadly, in June of 2016, we lost him. He had a seizure as he was getting ready for work one morning, and that was his that was his final one. And uh, it was actually a conversation between his mother and I that uh, happened at the service. And you'd have to understand this is a woman who wouldn't even drink a glass of wine. And she approached me. They had a little get together in the back of the church after the service for the family, of course. And uh, they approached me. She approached me as we were getting ready to leave. <coughs> Excuse me. And uh, she sat down and she said, you know, uh, I was talking to, to William and, and trying to tell him that he should try some marijuana. And I was like, wait, what? You know, where is this coming from? You know, and it turned out through our conversation that she was actually the first one that said something to him about it. Uh, which, oh, wow. Yeah, totally, totally blew my mind. And uh, she's, of course, a paramedic. By, so just for a little background on her. So at any rate, we had my current wife and I had an hour and a half drive from there back here to the house and uh, that conversation set the wheels in motion we did not say two words to each other for an hour and a half we got here we got out of the truck we went in different rooms changed clothes she went in the living room turned on the tv i came in here sat down at my computer and that was the first uh initial investigation of cannabis and and epilepsy that i ever did uh regretfully so but i typed in marijuana slash epilepsy and hit enter into a search bar. And one of the first things that came up was a study, actually a clinical trial that was performed by Dr. Gene P. Davis and Dr. H.H. Ramsey. I believe it was in the state of Illinois. I've read, read, read so many studies since this one. It, was, it, was this the Charlotte's Web stuff? No, this or was, this was this something was else. way, 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 way before the Charlotte's Web. Uh, this study was of five epileptic patients. They three of which had previous conditions like Ehlers-Danlos, although they didn't know what Ehlers-Danlos was back in this day and age yet. But uh, and uh, the other two had other disorders that that at the time were known to produce convulsive issues or seizures. And so they tested extracts. And I, I stress the word extracts of marijuana uh, and hemp at the time. and. Uh, the reason I keep stressing time will be revealed in a second. But this study 
had a better than 50% success rate with these five epileptic children in 1947. And uh, yeah, that's the real kicker, 1947. And uh, uh, that pissed me off to no avail. Uh, and that anger turned to more research, yeah, which so turned to... It's almost 70 years, 70 yeah. years of knowing this and then just keeping it in the back. Well, I mean, they knew in the 1850s, Dr. William O'Shaughnessy knew that cannabis extracts worked for convulsive disorders. It was written down in medical journals back in the 1850s. You know, I mean, come on, folks. You know, so anyway, like I say, this stirred the pot that made me have to do more research. And in more research, I found the lies, you know, that, that were told initially and then how they changed and transformed over years. But it continues to be lies that caused this plant to be made illegal. And uh, of course, that angered me even more. And so, I mean, it was only a matter of weeks. Uh, and I started the page on Facebook, Something Has to Change and Now, and the YouTube channel, Something Has to Change and Now, and, which have since changed names to other things. But uh, the Facebook page is still there. Uh, I still share a lot of research and whatnot on there. Uh, but I probably produced 150 videos in the first year and a half where it was just literally me reading the legislative works that happened throughout the process of making cannabis illegal, where people could hear it with their own ears, right? And reading various research papers, uh, clinical trials from all over the world. Like that, mean, Nixon, that Nixon era stuff where they, uh, they just railed into it. Absolutely. Those are some of those. Those are mentioned in my videos numerous times. Uh, but it just, uh, it got an overwhelming response. And uh, needless to say, that, that provoked me to do more. And so it was in, in 2018, uh, January of 2018, I got involved with DFW Normal and uh, spoke locally at one of the meetings, kind of told a short version of my son's story and why I was there. And uh, later in May, they contacted me and asked me if I would speak at the uh, at the 2018 Marijuana March in Fort Worth. And of course, I, I was happy to oblige. Uh, and then shortly after that, I became more involved with Texas Normal. And of course, the Texans for Responsible Marijuana Policy and, you, you know, the collective and everybody else. Uh, yeah. You know, in the past uh, sessions, uh, like 2021, especially. Because I, I, with the COVID and everything, I wasn't able to do all the traveling I did in 2019. And so it was a big letdown, you know, at the end of the session. It always is. Because if you don't know, our Texas session goes 120 days and then boom, that's it. And uh, so this past time in 2021, about this time last year, I was sitting here thinking, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? Uh, there's not really much more I can make videos about, blah, blah, blah. So I started my own podcast and been doing that for the last year. Uh, had some really intriguing guests, uh, some of the same guests that you've had on this show as well. <coughs> Excuse me. But, uh, you know, so that's what got me involved in it anyway. Basically, it was the loss of a son. Uh, then the, the research gave me the knowledge of how we've been screwed for so many years. and. Uh, that motivated me to get involved. Basically, I, I cannot, I cannot personally stop until I know no other parent, no other person will will ever have to worry about this law 
keeping their child or their, their loved one of any nature from trying something that may very well help them. And I think it's been proven enough by this day and age that it would have helped him. There's, there's no shadow of a doubt in my mind. That is part of been the motivation for myself is that like, and you've met my kiddo, I've got a nine now and it's autistic and I've got rheumatoid arthritis. Um, cannabis obviously is something that helps with inflammation disorders such as rheumatoid arthritis. And I got put in the position where it's like, take care of my kid, break the law. What do I do? And it became strange that in Texas, I was watching as other parents were either going to jail or having their kids taken away from them. Despite It was obvious that it's helping their kids or it's helping the parent. Somebody would make a claim, oh, it's endangering that child. And I had to stop. I was like, I will have to stop now because I cannot risk having my son being taken out of the home because somebody says that it's a, what I'm doing is a danger. And then there's also the risk for time for veterans like myself, where if you spend more than 30 days in jail, you lose your VA compensation pay and you must refile for your disability compensation pay after you get out, which means you got to go through the whole medical process again. And if you're at like a hundred percent, like I've been since 2018, that's over three grand a month. That's just gone from your household and veterans are barely getting, getting by as it is. But yeah, having that go, it's like, uh, I, I can't risk this. This is, there's too much gambling, too much on the line here with this. I was thrilled this last session when we actually were able to put it in the law for family code that cannabis usage on its own, if, the, if a child is in teacup, that a child cannot be pulled out of the home specifically for that. And that parental usage, like they must prove in court that the parent's usage itself, if they are using, is actually endangering the kid. Yeah. And from what I've had explained to me, um, talking to a family attorney, was that if, say if you're in the room smoking and your child has signs of asthma and obviously they're in this smoke environment, that's endangering sure. the child. And they go, yeah, that, that doesn't qualify. But if you're using a tincture or you're smoking outside and there's nowhere around your kid, then it's obviously it hasn't put your kid in direct danger any more than any other medication any parent would, would take. So it was great that we, we got that put in the book for that. But it's like there's still so many things to fight for for this in you this know, state. If we just could could had uh, Dick Cram at the time that, that he was faced with the decision might have been enough for him to say, OK, I'll try it. You know, if he just had had the decrim availability, you know. Yeah. The, the, no, I'm not going I'm not going to go to jail immediately. I'm, I may get a ticket. I lose a little money, but I don't go to jail. I continue going to work, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What is time yeah. for us to have our first sponsor break here at the Lone Star Collective Podcast? I'm your host this week, Jesse Williams. I don't have a co-host this week, but we're going to be having a new co-host coming on. We're going to be talking about that after this, this break. This week is episode 48. Our guest is Chris, a.k.a. Gramps Grizzolia. We'll be right back after this break. Shine, teardrop in my eye, country road. 
Readers is a sponsor of Texas Cannabis Collective and the Lone Star Collective podcast. Oak Cliff focuses on quality assurance with their hemp products while providing customer service to help you discover cannabinoids to meet your needs. Their product line includes hemp flour, pre-rolls, CBG tinctures, edibles, Delta 8, and merch. For more information on their product's quality or to shop online today, visit oakcliffcultivators.com or contact them at info at oakcliffcultivators.com. Thrive Apothecary offers an experience truly unique from anything else in Texas, a full-service cannabis solution that is doctor-owned and offers customers every level of cannabis legally available in Texas. From traditional CBD products to emerging hemp-derived THC edibles, smokables, and now medical cannabis. As a licensed medical cannabis provider, prospective patients from anywhere in Texas can book a sponsored online eligibility consultation to determine if they qualify for a medical marijuana prescription from the comfort of their own home. Plus, for Texas veterans, the first prescription appointment is donated by Thrive. Visit thrivetx.com for more information. Welcome back to the Lone Star Collective Podcast, distributed on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Facebook, and much more, to give Texans information regarding policy, industry, and culture. Here is this week's host, Jesse Williams. Welcome back to the Lone Star Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Jesse Williams. It has been quite another hot week. It is summer in Texas. It, up until today, it was Texas in July. Now we finally get Texas in August, which is pretty much the same as Texas in July. This week is episode 48. Our guest is Chris Gramps Grizzolia. Welcome back. Glad to be here. I'm glad you're glad to be here. So, uh, I guess what we're going to have a big reveal. I, I talked about going into the break about having yeah. a possible new co-host coming on. Well, you know, I, I kind of mentioned my podcast earlier, uh, which I just put out the final episode of on this past Saturday, uh, because as you know, uh, Austin reached out to me uh, a few weeks back. I guess it's been a little longer than that now, probably a couple months now. But uh, he reached out to me and, and asked me if I'd be interested in joining the collective uh, on the board as treasurer and uh, become uh, take care of that role as well as uh, come help out with the podcast. So I figured uh, since my main goal is here in Texas, although I do advocate nationwide, I figured uh, my, my time would be better served collective and, and the podcast here than trying to do a separate one. So. Absolutely. That's what I'm here to do, man. I'm here to join you and, and help you with the show in any way I can and uh, take it, take, try to take things to a new level. I'm going to lie. I'm thrilled that you came for this podcast. And like, I knew because I know you do a podcast already, but like, I see the mic, I hear the quality, and I'm like, oh, this is heaven. <laughs> <laughs> the audio quality back and forth is just, mwah. yeah, it's a totally different thing when everybody's got the right equipment. <laughs> And I'm surprised, like, I can't imagine at this, like, setup, this web setup that we're doing had existed four or five years ago. 
I probably would have been like, oh, no, no about this. Like, you, you're going to have to have some equipment because phones weren't as good as they are now, especially no, the microphones. Like, and I'm surprised people coming in on like iPhones and iPads and their tablets and stuff that it, how well it sounds. And well, even webcam microphones have come a long way. But like, like it blew my mind that a couple of years ago I went to a concert, was trying to record a quick little excerpt to show some friends. And my phone told me, goes, uh, I'm detecting various volumes going into concert mode. And I was like, what? And, <laughs> and it recorded like this pristine audio for being at a concert where normally it's just so loud, it's distorted and you can't make out what's going on. It did such an excellent job with it. And I was like, man, we're in the future. Yeah. Yeah. We're, it's we're, upon us. <laughs> it is here, whether we like it or not, whether these artists want it or not. Yeah. The, um, and you have, uh, say Gramps place. That's the name of the podcast, yeah. correct? Yeah. Who mm-hmm. was your last your last guest? My last guest uh, was someone that uh, reached out to me, reached out to my my something else changing now page uh, about four years ago. His name's Jim Garenser. Uh He's local here to DFW area, but uh, he saw what I was doing, you know, and uh, he reached out to me to to ask. Uh, He's asked for my my advice on a couple of things. He's as far as adventures that he's worked on, not not medical advice by any means, but uh, and and I mean he's somewhat of an entrepreneur uh, slash philanthropist, uh, and he he found cannabis medicine through uh, basically his son who had a brain tumor when he was very young, and then uh, later had uh, I believe it was lymphoma was what he had later on in life. Uh, mind you, he's doing very well and healthy, uh, but he did combination uh, chemo cannabis treatment uh, that worked very well. And uh, of course, uh, Jim has used it for his own skin cancer uh, in the past. And, and so he's a big uh, FICO fan. Uh, and he started a new thing that's called the FICO Playbook, which uh, basically is he calls them rock stars because it's survivors. But he calls them rock stars because they're paying it forward. They're basically getting these survivors who've used cannabis medicine in their their cancer survivor survival, uh, and they're they're telling their stories how what they used what, what their regimens were if they had an exercise regimen a diet changes etc. and they put it all together in a database. That's and correct. They, so they, just, they had this documented, and it's like yes, let's let's and let's compile this and get to this where into a manual. Can go and it, they even have like set up with mentors where if you you sign up to this this group you know you can have a mentor assigned to you that had your condition and will help you and guide you and and everything it's it's pretty pretty awesome the way they're doing it i mean it's still relatively new so they've got like i think 125 of their their rock star survivors but uh you know they're they're gaining more constantly and uh uh it's just a i think it's a fabulous way for people to pay it forward as he says you know uh and uh of course he's done several other things he tried to have a podcast too wasn't very successful at it and he's uh i mean he's like i say he's an entrepreneur so um i don't know if you've uh, heard of nationwide auto service but they're affiliated with with that company uh wow. his, his son i believe is running that company now so uh, it's not like he's small fry in any, by any means. You know, he's got some contacts and some ways and means to get things done. So but it's even this this FICO playbook I forgot to mention. It's even they even have the uh, iOS and uh, Android app out. So 
It's even an app you can get yeah. on your phone. So they're they're really they're doing it upright. That sounds amazing, and it I, I like that you mentioned being an entrepreneur, and it's something me and you have learned is that you know about this about doing a podcast like this is. I think there's a lot of people who get into this space and they expect that they're going to become successes overnight <laughs> that they see where someone so has got a podcast and it's getting a thousand hits. And then the first day that it's there and it's like that, that took time or there's a, there's a happen stance that they got lucky with one of their episodes and it was just happened to be a hot topic at the time. They got thrown in the algorithm and people were clicking on it and watching it. And I've, I've watched where podcasts get that, where they randomly get this big explosion of views on one episode. It just happens to coincide with something going on and people listen to it. And then all of a sudden they've got a fan base, yep. but it takes time and people don't realize that it takes time. You have sure to be, does. you have to be consistent with, with just putting out material and it can get exhausting at times. It really does. So I remember I couldn't understand when I first got into like YouTube about how I was like YouTube or something about like, I'm burned out. Like I'm burned out doing this. I'm having to make content every day. I don't get a vacation. And so I'm started quitting. They're like, I can't do this. I can't pump out content every day like this. It's taken a toll on my life. And I'm like, what do you mean you got to do content every day? And then just trying to make stuff. I realize I'm like, if you're even halfway good at it, it gets to the point where you've got to hire a team. You got to have a team working with you to do things. Just, yeah, that's one thing I will say. Uh, definitely having a podcast is a full time job. It, it's even if it's a, if you're doing it like a hobby, like I was. I mean, it's still between scheduling guests, trying to get guests lined up, uh, doing the recordings, doing the editing, putting everything together, publishing. It, it. I mean, literally, I was getting up at five o'clock on Saturday morning to finish editing so I could publish a podcast on Saturday every week. You know, it's it's a lot of work. I'm and I'm lucky that I'm in the position that I went to school for this. <laughs> so yeah. I worked for a, ra a radio station on campus and was an audio production guy. So I got to have my hands on equipment to edit and software to edit. And even getting into the video space, being a theater minor, it was it's I have I'm having to pick up tips and tricks and stuff here and there to like cut down production time. And um, hint to people who are looking to do this, um, find yourself uh, a program such as what we're using to do this podcast because it'll save you so much time in post-production for when you want to say things like, Hey, you know, if you like what you're seeing, you look down at the bottom and you see like, and subscribe. It's a lot easier for me to just do this in the middle of the show by clicking a button than having to go in and spend 20 minutes finding the asset <laughs> and, and throwing it in Adobe premiere and trying to line it up, make sure it works. All right. Yeah. Whereas you can spend the 20 minutes making that getting it ready and it's usable on demand when you do it. So absolutely. I've learned all sorts of weird editing tricks. I like, I went to my wife the other day and was like, I was like, I don't know if you've ever seen these videos. They're called um, amazing editing skills, but poor guitar skills. And it's basically a guy playing like one note at a time on a guitar. And he's edited <laughs> it together to where it's like, he's playing the song. And I realized I was like, Oh, this new editing trick I've learned. That's how they do it. Wow. Cause you, you like right there, we had a silence and you learn how to cut these silences out. Yeah. And you gotta, be, you gotta become efficient at it. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely so what is i'll say what would you say has been one of your favorite episodes you've done for a podcast oh man uh you know i, I the, the last one was number 49 for me uh and i've had some pretty pretty uh prestigious guests i had people like 
Mara Gordon uh, of Aunt Zelda's. I don't know if you know who she is, but uh, Amanda Ryman, Dr. Michelle Ross, uh, Andrew D'Angelo was one of my recent uh, episodes, Steve D'Angelo's brother. Uh, but I would have to say uh, my favorite ones are the ones of, the, of talking to, uh, and there's not any one that's probably any more favorite than the other. Uh, but I would have to say the ones where I've talked to like the vet Texas veterans and uh, just Texas advocates because, and that's probably because, you know, uh, I know them, you know, and there's a connection already, but uh, it's also because, you know, you know, as well as I do, the family of advocates in Texas is tremendous in, in every way, shape and form. I mean, there's, there's, to me, there's no better group of people. That, that I've ever been associated with. I noticed that you had done the Andrew D'Angelo interview. And I was like, I imagine you had, you had fun with that. Cause I got to interview Andrew as well with a different podcast when I was working with the hemp show. And it was very unique to just to talk to him. And mm-hmm. I had the luxury of meeting his brother like a day or two beforehand at a South by Southwest event. So I was able to get like some insight of like, what would be a good question to ask Andrew that like people don't know <laughs> to ask. We asked about uh, his uh, management styles and what his, his thoughts and philosophies were on that. And it was just stunning hearing his answer to that. Yeah. For, for, you know, everybody knows who Steve is, but, but Andrew is a very intriguing and intelligent individual. Uh, oh, and especially so. when it comes to the cannabis industry, uh, he, he knows his stuff, most certainly. And of course, you know, we talked about his new venture, which is his, his cannabis consulting business, where he helps people literally from the ground up start their businesses. So. <clears throat> Yeah, it was, a, it was an excellent conversation. Well, it is time for us to go to our next sponsor break here at the Lone Star Collective podcast. I'm your host, Jesse Williams. I am joined this week by our guest, Chris Ramps Grizzolia. This is episode 48. I say he's our guest this week. By the end of this episode, he will be a new co-host here at the Lone Star Collective podcast. So let's get into this sponsor break. We'll be right back after these messages. of Texas Cannabis Collective and the Lone Star Collective Podcast. Oak Cliff focuses on quality assurance with their hemp products while providing customer service to help you discover cannabinoids to meet your needs. Their product line includes hemp flour, pre-rolls, CBG tinctures, edibles, Delta Eat, and merch. For more information on their product's quality or to shop online today, visit oakcliffcultivators.com or contact them at info at oakcliffcultivators.com. Thrive Apothecary offers an experience truly unique from anything else in Texas, a full-service cannabis solution that is doctor-owned and offers customers every level of cannabis legally available in Texas. From traditional CBD products to emerging hemp-derived THC edibles, smokables, and now medical cannabis. As a licensed medical cannabis provider, prospective patients from anywhere in Texas can book a sponsored online eligibility consultation to determine if they qualify for a medical marijuana prescription from the comfort of their own home. Plus, for Texas veterans, the first prescription appointment is donated by Thrive. Visit thrivetx.com for more information. Welcome back to the Lone Star Collective Podcast, distributed on Spotify. 
iTunes, Google Podcasts, Facebook, and much more, to give Texans information regarding policy, industry, and culture. Here is this week's host, Jesse Williams. Welcome back to the Lone Star Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Jesse Williams. I'm joined by guest Chris Gramps-Grizzolia, who by the end of this episode will no longer be a guest. He will be an official co-host here. It is episode 48 this week, and the boys are back in town. (laughs) We got to watch it with this lingo today, right? Yeah. (laughs) The boys are back in town. Everybody's back in town. There you go. There you go. Those people didn't leave anybody out. Those people are back in town. <laughs> I don't know how well people will receive that. But I think it's it's kind of nice to take a, a jab at some of these things. Sometimes I can't help it. I was watching George Carlin talk about this, and it was in the in like the early nineties. I think yeah. he was bringing and it up. We, and, yeah, and here we are. <laughs> he's like, "Don't worry, it'll be late night with David Letter person." <laughs> and I was like, "Wow, man." 20 20 30 years ahead of ahead of schedule yeah it's crazy isn't it he, he had some insight for sure and some foresight <laughs> well it's something that i like and you're, you're a history guy as well like literature person that um i was taking a literature course and i can't remember what author it was but some dude like like the 18 like 50s even earlier than that like 1700s we're talking about euphemistic language we're just railing about how they thought the language was getting soft and it's like, wow, this is, <laughs> we think we talk about it bad now. They were 1725. Oh, the language and the people are getting soft. <laughs> Thou yep. does not know what danger lurks ahead when you soften the language. <laughs> so anyway, uh, when's the last time you talked about upcoming events and stuff? So the, the weekly news bit we do, if you did not know, that's a great, a great spot to plug it in. We have a new weekly news bit that goes up on YouTube, goes out in our podcast platform. Um, I've been throwing in our events at the beginning of that, with our sponsors, yeah. but we've got uh, the cannabis roundup coming up yeah. August 10th. Well, that's uh, 8 p.m. Uh, I think so. I know. I think it's 7 p.m., but I'd have to look to be certain. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to bring this up. I'm going to go to, we have a website. We have an events tab. <laughs> I go. made sure to, to create all of that. <laughs> 6.30 p.m. 6.30. So we were both wrong. Let's see here. Let me share this real quick. I'm going to share screen. It's been a while since I've done this in the middle of a, of a podcast. Upcoming events. There we go. You subscribe if you like. Our little pop-up comes up. Texas Cannabis Roundup. 6.30 p.m. to 9.30 p.m. at the Longhorn Ice House. 1901 West Northwest Highway dallas texas that's uh Greenlight events is the primary sponsor for that yep yep we are the advocacy partner involved in that i know austin's going to be speaking dalton o'neill's going to be speaking i haven't seen a complete lineup for who's all who all is speaking at that yeah i haven't either 
I, I know there's several, uh, several people from around all around the state from what I've seen. I just can't think off the top of my head uh, who all of them are. But I know we're going to have quite a lineup going on there. Um, I believe there's going to be a few vendors. Um, if, it's, if it's anything like the last one we held at Longhorn, uh, the place will be packed. We were the official kickoff party for Lucky Leaf last July and held our event at the same place. And we packed that place in. And my understanding is many people have been invited and said that you're showing up. This one's going to be packed as well. Um, the great thing is it means we'll have new Texas faces showing up for this because the last time since it was a kickoff party for Lucky Leaf meant that yeah. uh, we had people from out of town, people from out of state sure. who were showing up. It is great to get them in on the mix because they want to do business here in Texas and we're happy to guide them and help them out. Yeah, but absolutely. We've got a can of rock coming up, which will be at come and take it live. That is 2015 East Riverside drive building. Number four, we're going to celebrate and advocate at the same time. Uh, it is held by Britton Taylor and AJ Channer. We had them as guests last week. If, so if you want to know more about can of rock and what that is about and what all is going to be involved with that? You can go check out episode 47. Had they were our guest for that last episode. Um, AJ Channer is a singer for a new metal band called Fire from the Gods. Okay. Um, stoked to have them on because the guy, the guy's a front man, the singer for this band, and like they're going on tour with Five Finger Death Punch and Megadeth and The Who. Okay. Starting this month. Yeah. Um, That's kind of big. Yeah, they were out on tour with Corn last year, and it was like. Good God, man. Like you're officially a rock star, dude. Absolutely. So I'm thrilled to have them on. Um, we had Susan Hayes on uh, the episode before that. Mm-hmm. So if you're interested in the smokable hemp band, want to know more about that, a little bit of advice thrown in Susan Hayes, episode 47 from the smokable hemp band. We've also got episodes of her talking initially about when the smokable hemp band case was coming up. And then we've got a separate episode for her where she talks about her candidacy for agricultural commissioner. Check those out on our on pretty much any streaming platform where you stream your podcast. Um, unfortunately, not all these episodes are on YouTube because we did not have the foresight on episode one to go, hey, let's let's tape this and make video out of it. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. And then there's there's the uh, upcoming in October, the uh, Texas Marijuana March and Freedom Festival. We don't want to leave that one out. Uh, actually, uh, that's going to be in downtown Fort Worth at the Burnett Park. Uh, October 8th from noon to kind of deceiving. It says noon to 8 p.m. It's really noon to 7 p.m. That last hour is pretty much tear down and, and clean up, but uh, still a good seven hour event for all the people. There are going to be vendors, food trucks, uh, and of course the annual march to the courthouse with some civil disobedience along with uh, escorted by none other than the Fort Worth Police Department. To remind people about that is that, um, don't worry about getting arrested. Yeah. People uh, seem to think like, oh, the cops are there. You can't. It's like, it's strange. Um, I have somebody, when they presented it to me, was that um, basically you've hired the police to be your personal security. So yeah. for the most part, like you're in this weird zone where it's like they don't go after the people unless you're grossly hurting somebody. Yeah. If you're being, being invading someone's space or if you blow it in their face or something like that, then yeah, they're going to, they're going to get you. Yeah. As long as you mind your own business and you're not being, you know, ridiculously annoying by doing it, they they're not going to bother you at all. So if you stand in the, what I call it within the march space, the designated space you've outlined for the event, they're not bothering you. 
Mm-mm. But you start venturing off from that, that's a different story. Like I explain yeah. to people about like going to meetings in Austin and people are smoking, and I'm like, the city knows this is going on, guys. Like they don't care because we're not hurting anybody. We're not the ones going out getting in accidents and crashing into people or starting fist fights. That's not us. They leave us alone. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, we hope this year is uh, the biggest and loudest march in the history of Texas of any cities. And the reason I say that and the reason we pick October so late in the year is, is for a combination of reasons. Number one, uh, because it's like the week of the last minute you get to vote or register to vote in, in Texas. Uh, so we're going to have voter registration there on site. Uh, it, it's one month before the elections for the midterms, which is basically a month and a week before Texas senators and representatives start pre-filing bills. And then, of course, it's three months right before the start of the next session. So we're going to hit them hard and hit them loud as we can right before all of those events take place so that we're number one in their mind. Crank up the juice and see what shakes loose, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) I'm personally hoping that um, we can keep that movement going through the session and that at some point we will have a march to the Capitol. Um, I get that that becomes difficult because of fees. You have to pay to just even hold some an assembly on yeah. the Capitol grounds. You have to pay for amplification. If you even use like a loudspeaker, you're like, oh, attention, people. You gotta have, you gotta pay for that. And then there's the, there's the likelihood that um, strange now, given the hemp law, that um, what DPS would do because they're the ones who police the state grounds. How they yeah. would handle people smoking. And what they're going to try to do about that, because it's hemp. The smokable hemp ban doesn't say you can't smoke it. It just says you could not manufacture it mm-hmm. in the state yeah. on a, for like retail purposes. So it's like, you can smoke it. You can roll your own. And who are they to discern the difference without a lab, right? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Was there any last things you want to you wanna plug? Now, uh, that, that's pretty much it as far as the events and stuff. Uh, just what, what I think, uh, I, I just want to point out one last thing is, you know, t- between Austin and I's discussions, uh, we really, uh, we're going to work together and trying to bring some more, more revenue into the collective so that we can start doing some bigger and better things, do some more events, uh, try to get a, a regular event happening, you know, like we've tried several times in the past. See if we can't get some more things organized and, and really start having a louder and louder voice here in Texas and maybe even nationwide. Awesome. I'm, I'm all on board for that. Wherever we can do it and get the message out, reach out to people. That's the deal. That's how we move this forward. So that is going to conclude this week at the Lone Star Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Jesse Williams. For episode 48, my guest this week, Chris, a.k.a. Gramps Grizzolia. And after this episode, he's no longer a guest. He will be a co-host here at the Lone Star Collective Podcast. So we hope everybody has a great week. Like I say, check out the events tab over at the Texas Canica website, TXCANNACO.com. And click on events in our menu. You'll see all the Canna Rock, Cannabis Roundup, the Freedom March that's taking place. And then from there, if you like what you're seeing, like and subscribe. You get updates about what's going on with the Texas Cannabis Collective on our social media platforms and YouTube. So y'all stay safe, stay hydrated to beat this heat out here in Texas. Have a good one. Peace.